Hey, Hot Family Community, welcome. I hope that you're having a fantastic day and that you are here to enjoy a great podcast with me. And today, if you are new, I hope that today's uh, podcast impacts you to consider to subscribe in the near future. Remember, you guys, I am not better than you. I am learning with you. Let's dominate life and baseball together. And also today, we're going to really, 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 really dominate our life because we're going to be covering the faith aspect of our lives and be joining with us is Andrew F. Carter. And Andrew, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome. Now, I would love for you to go ahead and introduce yourself so the individuals can listen and hear who you are and what you're all about. And I look forward to really uh, seeking into you because at the end of the day, like I said, I am not better than you guys. I'm learning with you. And I sincerely mean this. I am so excited. and I'm looking forward to getting to ask you questions, Andrew. And I'm looking forward to really getting to know these questions as well for both myself and those who are here. I hope that this podcast impacts you guys. Let's get it. Yeah, man. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, like you said, Andrew F. Carter, I am an author. I wrote a, recently a 31-day devotional called The Struggle is Real, But So is God. I'm an ordained minister. Um, I am a social media influencer. You can catch me on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. I'd have a, I have LinkedIn, and I'd even have a MySpace if it was up still. But, um, you know, I do a lot of prayers. I'm a prayer warrior. But, you know, my bread and butter has been with holistic health coaching, like life coaching, essentially. So I help people become the best version of themselves through exercise, through nutrition, and most importantly, through uh, Christ-centered mindset training, becoming the best version of themselves and being who God has called you to be. I, I'm really looking forward to this podcast because that's actually how I found out about you. I, I saw you on TikTok, actually, first, mm -hmm. and I was like, this guy is freaking awesome. <laughs> I really like him. Um, because I love the fact that you, you shared the 15 second prayer that you shared with us, you know, different, uh, aspects of the Bible and actually sharing with us the different versions of the Bible. And then also the last thing is that you just shared with us, you know, the struggles and you shared with us how, uh, you know, Christ had given the opportunity to become stronger, to be able to build a, a future because of him. And I just wanted to, um, Steal you, and I was so grateful that I was able to DM you through Instagram. You know, if if Instagram wasn't even a thing a while back, so I'm grateful at this time that it was, and that I was able to connect with you. And today, I'm gonna ask you three questions, and after that, I'm gonna have three questions for you that I have from my hot community. Perfect. And so I'm really excited about that. Uh, first question that I actually have for you is, what? made you turn towards Christ and God because when I was young, I actually didn't even turn towards God until I was around eight years old. My parents got divorced when I was seven. And when I was eight years old, I was just throwing baseballs at the wall because I was just training and working towards baseball. And across the street is a church of brethren uh, from my local school. And I saw a whole bunch of kids having fun, laughing. And I was like, what are they doing? Because I was like, I want to be happy. I want to have fun. And so I went to them and I asked them, you know, what, what are you guys doing? And they said it was Bible study. And I was like, oh, okay. And so then I, they, I asked them, you know, what is that? And they said, well, it's 
do you know who God is? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? I was like, no, <laughs> I don't know. Right. I, I'm not sure. And uh, they said, okay, you should come back next week. And I said, okay. And I started going every single week. And then on one weekend, I actually was going to the church on Sunday. And my mom saw me leaving and she goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to church. And she said, oh, okay. And you really like going to church? I said, yeah. And so then my mom actually started taking my brother, sister, and I to a church, uh, Glencourt. Hmm. And from there, it was just a great church. I was thankful to be in that church because they had more youth, um, youth pastors and more youth uh, programs for the younger kids and I, and we had a blast. And well, I mean, my brother didn't like it too much, but (laughs) (laughs) the younger sister and I did. Um, And so uh, my mom, I actually, when I turned 13, I actually stopped going to the youth one and I started going with my mom. I did that. I think, Sincerely, because I wanted to make sure my mom wasn't alone, because I knew that my brother and sister were together in the other class and area, and so I was like, "I'm gonna go with mom." And so then I stayed with my mom, which is a whole different like thing. Like it's a whole different teaching and method, and so it was really interesting. And that was kind of my journey. And I I had my faith until 14. 14, I got hit by a car and broke my leg in half. And I struggled after that to understand. And that was my first mistake because we are not to seek our own understanding. And so uh, for me, I was frustrated for a year, but I knew that God does things for us, not to us. And I realized that I'm very lucky and fortunate to even have the opportunity to play baseball in the first place and to have a family and everything because I, my family financially and emotionally couldn't afford to really do it, but I was able to still play. And so I started to think about what about the kids that don't get to play? So ever since then, I started to work towards creating the company that I have now, which is Hawk. And I've been blessed with the opportunity to be a coach and to be able to do that. And so I would love to hear what got you and what turned you towards, towards Christ. Yeah, man, my, my story is a little bit more dark in the sense that, you know, I, I never heard about Jesus until I was 17 years old. Um, I grew up, yeah, both of my parents were drug addicts. So my mother was actually a prostitute and my dad was a pimp. Um, I grew up in foster care. I was kind of shipped around from home to home, up and down the West Coast from Seattle to San Diego, uh, you know, living with family members, with friends, uh, in and out of the system. So to me, Jesus was just uh, another Big, you know, fictional character. He was like the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus. It was just that we go to the church once a year and you watch this little manger situation go on. And, you know, you talk about this Jesus guy, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't know. So growing up, I, you know, I, I did drugs. I partied. I drank. I was having sex at a young age, 12, 13 years old. My life was, wasn't like that. I didn't grow up in a church. No idea who this was. And so for me, uh, yeah, I was, I was chasing women and I dated this. I wanted to date this girl who was a, a Christian and her brother pulled me aside and said that you know, he was older than us. He said that if I wanted to date a sister, I had to be a Christian. And so I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. So we sat in a car for an hour and he explained to me about, you know, Jesus, the resurrection, salvation, 
uh, the sacrifice, the blood, the power, all of that. You know, we, we talked for about an hour. And at the end of that conversation, you know, I decided to accept Christ. And I did it half-heartedly just because I wanted to get out of the car. But what I didn't realize is that making that decision, whether half-heartedly or not, would have uh, repercussions on my life. What I did is I invited the Holy Spirit into my life and I could no longer continue on the path that I was going down without what I like to call conviction. So I went back to trying to party and smoke weed and drink. And there was now this guilt or this shame. And I don't want to say that's from the Holy Spirit, but there was uh, this understanding that what I was doing wasn't right. When before that night, I had no idea. There was no revelation to you know, I, I, there was no conviction. I, I thought what I was doing was what everybody was doing. It was the norm until I accepted Jesus. So for years, you know, up and down, I ended up marrying that same girl and we had three kids eventually. But, uh, you know, I got, I got into a church when I was about 23 years old and was in ministry. Um, and that was after a couple run-ins with the law. I'd spent some time in the local jail, um, you know, got into trouble between 17 and 23 or so. I got into church and started actually learning about the word of God and, and really devoted my life to serving him. And I did so for about three years, um, three years of six, seven days a week in the church, multiple times, fasting, praying. Uh, the church I was at was into planting churches. And so they were actually raising me up to be a pastor and to plant my own church. So long story short, I'll keep it, I'll keep it short. Uh, there was an evangelist that came to town and he would, they would come every so often, but this one was here for seven days. And so for seven days, we would fast and we would go to a service every night. And at the end of each service, this evangelist would have a prophetic word for one individual from the, the conference who was there. And I prayed and prayed and prayed. And I needed, I needed a word, man. I needed a prophetic word. I, I was in the church for several years and I needed a breakthrough. I needed confirmation. And on the seventh day, he finally called me up the last day of revival and had a word for me. And so his word for me was that uh, I had words of gold, that uh, I would be in ministry and that I would speak to millions of people and that I would save souls for Jesus. That was his prophetic word over my life when I was 23 years old. And Drexel, I wish I could tell you that that's what I wanted to hear. It was not. Um, it scared me. And so what I ended up doing was leaving the church. I left. I walked out of church and said, this is not for me. And I pursued school. I went back to school. I played college basketball. I earned two college degrees. Um, I succeeded in the eyes of man. I was academic all-star, dean's list. I you know, was a full-ride scholarship for sports at the age of 23. And I ended up starting my own business. Um, I opened a CrossFit gym, and I ran that for six years, made a quarter million dollars a year. Uh, we were killing it. I was on the Chamber of Commerce. I was doing well, but I, there was no semblance of God in my life. I had achieved. I was that kid who came from nothing and achieved. But behind the scenes, I was still angry, upset. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. Uh, I was not happy because there was no God in my life. I had walked away from the calling God had on my life to pursue my own dreams. And I was winning. But uh, we all know how running from God is. It doesn't always work out the way that you like it to. So one night as I was uh, you know, taking Adderall, drinking, taking pain pills, I was strung out on steroids, performance enhancing drugs at the time. I committed a crime that sent me to prison for 18 months. So when I was in prison for 18 months, I did not go back to God. I was angry. I was mad. My heart was hardened. And um, 
you know, while I was there, I lost everything. I lost my business. I lost my wife. I lost my family. Uh, I had nothing. So when I came home, I didn't go right back to church. I was, I was mad. So I spent the, the year after going, getting home from prison, rebuilding my life uh, financially, rebuilding my business, trying to get back on my feet, but something was missing. I was starting to succeed again, but something was missing. Um, I started going back to church eventually and rekindled that relationship with God. And one night as I was brokenhearted, crying in my room, I created a TikTok, not the account, but a video. I had, I had had TikTok for a while. I had about 200 followers on TikTok. I shared my testimony and my testimony was a 15 second video where I didn't say a word, but pointed at a couple of different blocks and the block said things God has gotten me through. One was prison, one was divorce, one was foster care, and the last one was everything else I'm going through. Well, I tell you, the next morning I woke up and I had 15,000 followers. My video had went viral. Um, it went from 200 followers to 15,000 in 24 hours. Uh, and my messages were overflowing with, wow, that's a powerful testimony. God is good. You saved me from doing something I didn't want to do. Um, just like this outpouring of love and support. And at that moment, uh, something washed over me and I'd say it was the Holy Spirit. It was a reminder of what was prophesied over my life 12 years earlier, that uh, I had words of gold, that I would speak to millions of people and that I would save people and save souls for Jesus. And fast forward from that point, I have collectively over a million followers who I speak to. Um, I would say that my words are like gold and I definitely save souls for Jesus. So the prophetic word ended up coming true after a long, long journey. That's all I got for you. That that's a like you said in the beginning. That's a dark journey to go through, and and I think that's really important to express. You know, maybe I didn't go through such a hardship as much as you have, but that also goes to explain everyone. Everyone has their own journey, they own their own path and their own uh, experiences, and I think that's a really important for everybody to do, especially during these times of comparing. Yes. The comparing, uh, it has become such a huge thing that people are, are starting to lose their own uh, perspective, their own understanding, and their own uh, sense of direction. And so I think uh, you sharing that is one thing. Thank you for doing that. And the second thing, and I think that it goes to show that no matter what you go through, God is able to to really help uplift you. And so I'd love to... I love that, and I appreciate you for sharing Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And so the second question actually is is going to correlate with this, and you you already answered it in a way, but I'd love to to have more uh, in depth then of what what did it take you personally to, and how can myself and some of the people who are listening to this be able to have a better connection and relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, I think it, it took me, um, having to, to lose everything. I don't think that that's what everybody has to do, but I had, I had succeeded according to man. You know, if, if you're looking on paper, you know, I was making six figures. I have a couple of degrees. Uh, I had the house, the wife, the kids, I had everything on paper. Like if you looked at my Instagram at that time, it looked like I was living the dream. But behind the scene, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't so pretty. So it took me losing myself. I had to understand that the plan and the purpose for my life uh, 
it doesn't weigh up to what God has planned and purposed for each and every one of us. There's so much more. And we tend to put our, put God in a box, you know, or, or we limit the plan and purpose. We, we, it's almost like our will be done, Lord, not yours. And so I pursued my own dreams. You know what I mean? And it ran me into the the ground. So I, I had to lose everything to realize that God's plan and purpose for my life, even though it's not what it, I want it to be, it far outweighs my dreams, my visions, my goals, and it satisfies 10 times more. So, you know, um, to answer your question, because <laughs> I'm long-winded when it comes to this, you, you, you know, the, the question <laughs> is, you know, what can we do to be, to like improve that relationship? And uh, yeah, what, what, what can we do to build a stronger relationship? Well, we're talking about sports and baseball, right? So, and, and health and, and fitness, I applied the same principles to my spiritual life that I did to find success in basketball because I played college sports uh, as well as the fitness realm. And there's two things I'm going to say, and I'm going to leave it there. It's discipline and consistency. Those two things. Discipline and what and consistency and what? So finding a routine that works for you, right? If you went to the gym and you wanted to work out or you wanted to be a better pitcher or you wanted to be a better jumper, you would come up with what we call is a workout routine, right? There's some kind of a, uh, a series of exercises that you would complete day in, day out. You would have a schedule and you would complete those exercises with the end result is getting better in your specific sport or the area of improvement. If you want to build your relationship with God, you have to have a routine. And that routine consists of prayer and reading your Bible, right? So uh, a routine around your spiritual life. And we talked about this earlier, every morning, my routine is I get up and I get into prayer, I get into worship and I read my word, just like you told me you do the same thing. So having that, and here's the thing, right? If, if you skip a workout, you can't expect for you, you know, if you're, if you're skipping workouts, if you're skipping training sessions, and then you don't see results, you can't get mad at anybody but yourself because you're, you're not doing what it takes. So it's the same thing. Well, God's not here. I can't, he doesn't hear me. These things, you know, I'm not building my relationship. Well, you can't build a relationship with God. You can't say that God's quiet when your Bible's closed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I like that. There's a there's actually a new song that's out, and I can't remember what song it was called, but there's a song that hit me hard, and I thought it was great. It was inspirational. It was motivational, and it really covers what we just did. It says, don't, don't talk to me about faith when your Bible is closed. And so I thought that was cool. It was it was specifically talking more about the people that we surround ourselves with and like people who who are pretending in a way, I guess, um, that they they talk about Christ. They they practice Christ living, but they don't read the Bible or do prayer. And so that was what the song was basis, the basis of the song was. And so that you just saying that reminded me of that song. I, I got to remember what that is. And I'll, I'll leave a link in the, in the comments below for you guys to check it out because it's a great song. I think you guys should listen to it. Um, and this is a great advice. I actually didn't develop uh, personally. I didn't develop having that habit until I was 22. When I was 22 is when I started to really get into the habit of reading the Bible every morning and, and doing prayer in the morning. Yeah. And I think uh, that's one thing that I would advise everybody to do probably too, right, is to do it in the morning, the first thing that you do. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to give your first fruit. So, so think about going out into the world, right? And every person that you come into contact with, ideally you're pouring out into them, right? You're, you're, you're leaving them a little bit better than they came into interaction with you, whether you're building them up with a smile, with encouragement, with inspiration, maybe a word, Uh, but you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you go out into the world and your cup isn't filled, right? You're pouring from something that's empty. You're going to run into And you and me talked about this. Uh, you, you feel better once you're into your prayer, or once you set aside those things for God. So for me, it's important that when I wake up, I spend the first couple of hours, this, the first, you know, my four, my, my, my first fruits, spending time with God, filling my cup, getting into his presence and building myself up so that I can go into my day and I can pour out into other people. I, I totally agree. And that's one of the things that I think changed my life completely, because like you said, we, we as individuals got to, as leaders, as mentors, as uh, Christians, we got to leave other people better than we, we got to them. And I think if you, if you do not, then you have failed to be able to be a light to others as God is a light to us. And so I think that it is imperative to be taking that time in the morning. And so we just covered the, the journey that got us both to getting to being a Christian. Then we talked about building a relationship with God. Let's go over what, what are some things that do you believe are some myth or misconceptions that people fall into and should be aware of in the future. Yeah, that uh, the, the big one that I even deal with, right, is what a Christian looks like. You know, I think that there's a big misconception. If you've seen me, I'm 6'4", I'm covered in tattoos, man, from the tips of my fingers all the way down to my ankles. I, I, uh, I, I didn't know Jesus. I haven't got a tattoo since I got saved. But before I got saved, my neck's tattooed, like, I'm covered in it. Um, I have what 115,000 followers on Instagram. I pour into people. I pray for people. I, you know, we went on live the other day and 57 people got saved through a, an hour long Instagram live. They gave their life to Jesus. Right. So if you, you know, you could say that I'm on the forefront of serving God, you know, I'm, I'm really about that life. I'm really about that action. I'm really saving souls, but I will still have cookie cutter Christians condemning me or judging me based on my appearance, right? Based on my tattoos or my outer appearance. They're not looking at my heart. They're not looking at the works or the fruits of my labor. So there's this misconception that Christians will look a certain way, right? Or, or they'll fit this mold. But God has formed each of us individually and made us unique. And, and he can use you where you're at. You know, I I look at my tattoos, my appearance, my appearance gives me a pass to go places that other people can't go. You see what I'm saying? I can walk into, I can walk into a, a, a a prison. I can walk into the hood. I can walk into a, a place where there's drugs being sold and I can go there boldly, you know, not, not fearing that I'm going to be made fun of, or I'm going to get punked out, or I'm going to be, you know, I, I can go there. Not all Christians can say that. So it's almost like God can use me where I'm at to save souls that other people might not be able to reach. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think one of the things that I actually said in a, in a poem that I did in a path, and I said that supposed to be is the enemy of who you are meant to be because God is going to lead you in his own way. 
and everybody is not supposed to be. It is where God has you and he will lead you to where you are meant to be. And so that's something that I, I, uh, I cherish tremendously. I think that we have to remember that the, there's a misconception that I believe in as well, which is every Christian knows the Bible back to back right away. Hmm. And I think that people need to understand that it's going to take you a while to really fully grasp the understanding and also the word of God. You don't want to. The first year that I read the Bible, I did it as understanding what the Bible is and what it says. The second year, I started to really under, focus more on reading the word of God and knowing what God had said. And then it took me a while to get to the point where I, like, I'm like, alrighty, I think I, I'm starting to not read the Bible as far as my own understanding, but now I'm starting to read the Bible as what other stories within the Bible that can give me information to understand. Yeah, that's good. Hey, can I, I want you, if you would do me a favor, would you tell me what you said with that, that first part of the poem that's supposed to be, that, that was powerful, dude. That was a word in itself. Just the supposed to be part. What did you say? Yeah. I said, and I did it in a poem in the past. And so I'll send you the video, but I, I saw a trend with a lot of teenagers and kids that were struggling with, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be there. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to be that. And I said, you're not supposed to be anything. You are meant to be where you are because God has you where you are meant to be. You're not supposed to be you're where you are meant to be. And one of the examples that I gave is that for me personally, I'm supposed to be able to hear fully. I'm supposed to be able to see fully, but I may not be able to hear well, but I listen to people really well. And that has allowed me to be able to be a great listener to others to impact them. I may not be able to, you know, see well, but I see my future and where I want to be and where God had led me to be and who God had meant me to be. And so I think that it is important to not stress or worry about where you're supposed to be or what you're supposed to be and start focusing more on what you are meant to be and what who you need to be who god come has on man that's a that's a whole word that's a whole sermon right there that's powerful dude i like that that's good yeah and, and i i saw that as a huge trend and and i think it's, it's really powerful and a, and a great reminder to people to remember that god has you on yeah. your own path and you have to remember that and you have to continue to build that relationship as we talked yeah. about prior to be able to really get to where God has had called Absolutely. us to be. Yeah, that's good, man. And to build on what you were saying, you know, to, to the misconception, you know, I've read the Bible cover to cover yeah. three, four times. Right. I, I do not memorize it for some reason. I, I mean, I can I can tell you where some stuff is. Generally, I know where the stories are at. But word for word quoting, man, I, yeah. I don't know. I still have to reference back. I still reference, uh-uh. you know, and, and so like <laughs> when people think, you know, people will ask me, hey, where's a good scripture for anxiety? And you know what I do? I jump on Google and I go, Google, you know, where are some good quote, some verses? And I tell people that like I'm not a Bible scholar. Um, I'm a man who loves Jesus and I'm going to get into my word. And I'm going to try to find it. And I'm going to share it. But my retaining information, my brain doesn't work like that. Where some people can just, you know, they can yeah. quote it back to back to back. That's just not me. And, yeah, and yeah. No, we don't have to, we're not called yeah. to be like that. So it's <laughs> good. 
And I think too, like, it, but then there's also people yeah. who can do that, but they don't necessarily right. have the heart in it. And I, yeah, and I've seen that too. I've seen, I, I've seen some friends that I, I had to tell them, I said, Hey dude, like you, you can book, you can like literally quote the book cover yeah. to cover, but you've been doing this, this, and this, and that's not, that's not right. what, what we're taught and, and how we, we should live and we need to live in Christ. And so I, I seen that too, where like people think, Oh, they know cover to cover the book. So they're mm, come Christian. on now. Yeah. It's about application. And, and, it, and it's just like, I think a great thing to say is it's just like if we were in baseball or baseball, uh, basketball or whatever sport you're in, it's one thing for, you know, to have a coach tell you to do something and you hear them and then you do it. It's one thing to learn something and then to apply it. So it's one thing to read the Bible and then apply what the Bible says yeah, and right. to do. All right, man. This was a great conversation. Yeah, I'm good. so happy. I agree. <laughs> I, I hope that this uh, really impacts a lot of you guys. And now we're going to go into the three questions that I had from Instagram. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, one of the first one was actually from <laughs> from Geo. Geo was actually wanting to know more about mm -hmm. the fitness side. Uh, I told him that I promised him I would ask you. So. I'm going to go ahead and do that. And he asked, what are some things that I can do to get stronger and get more gains? Okay, so there's a, there's a couple different ways that you can increase strength, right? Um, every, if I'm training an athlete, everything that I'm doing is going to be sport specific. Uh, you know, as far as strength goes, I'm probably going to run you through compound movements, the, the basics, your bench press, your deadlift, your back squat. And probably a hang power clean. You know, those are going to be your big movements that you're you're working on to increase strength. And the sets that we're doing are going to be five by five. Now, there's a great tool out there that's free. Now, it's called Mad Cow. It's the, have you heard of that? The Strong Lifts program? Okay, so you Google no. Mad Cow Strong Lifts. And it's a five by five 12-week program that I run most of my athletes through. And it's based on your one rep max. So you take your one rep max and your deadlift, your bench press, your back squat, your shoulder press, and your bent over barbell row. You plug it into this machine, into this little, this little format, and it gives you a 12-week program. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you have three lifts, and it gives you the numbers that you're actually supposed to lift. It'll say squat. I want five, five, one set of five at 135. Your second set of five is 185. Your third set of five is 225. You follow the list for 12 weeks. And it's a progressive overload. So week one, maybe you finish at 135. By week 12, you're finishing at 185. So you go up by small amounts. You see what I'm saying? So strength training, yeah, mad I cow, I strong lifts, five by five. Google it, and that'll give you a free program that will help you get stronger. There you go, Gio. I hope that it helps you. And, and I'll also message you on DM right away for you to so you don't have to wait for the Boom podcast to come out now the second question was when it comes to prayer how do i pray is there a specific way is there a structure am i like have to do one thing or do i have to do another thing like is there anything that i shouldn't say or I do think, okay so the, there's there's always people you have your purists right where they say well god gave us the the template uh our father who out in heaven hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, right? They use that as a template. And I think that that's amazing. 
But what I think is even more powerful is that you have intimacy with God, right? Intimacy far outweighs the reading from a script. And so what intimacy is, let's just, I like to use this analogy. So let's say you're a young man and you're trying to get to know a girl, right? Would you want to feed her a script or would you want to be open and honest and tell her about who you are? It's the same thing. Yeah, man. Right. Right. Because you want them to know who you are. You don't want to put on this, this, this mask. You don't want to be something that you're not. You don't want to just recite, uh, you know, your ABCs. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's not, it's not just the, the cover or the, uh, the, you know, Ooh, what do they call it? The shoot. It's not just the C. You don't just want to see the top of the C. You want to really dive into, into the, the water and see all the the amazing fishes, the, the bad fishes, the dark fishes, the beautiful yeah. fishes, all of them that create who you are. But you can't see them because they're only yeah, man, it's that superficial, shallow level. kind of prayer. No, you want to be open, honest, and transparent. I always talk to God when I in prayer, like I'm talking to you right now. I just I just keep it 100 percent real. I say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. I share my victories with him. I always thank him and praise him. I don't always take a laundry list of the things that I need because he knows what I need. So a lot of the time it's, you know, God, you're so good. I'm so thankful. Uh, you know, uh, I appreciate you. Glory to you. You know, it's it's just a nonstop conversation. I'm, I'm praying. I was praying before this. I'm going to pray when we're done. Like it's hard to explain. And I and I I. Personally, I would love to ask you this question uh, selfishly that go kind of further in depth with this question, which, you know, how can I and some of the players incorporate God and and our Christianity into our sports? Because like for me, you know, I I personally pray on the mound before I start, like I warm up and then before I actually start, I pray and then. I get in the zone and then I start. Yeah, you know, that that's a great question. So I, w- I want to share something that I was dealing with uh, last week. I had a young kid who plays soccer, right? Uh, you know, hey, Andrew, pray for me that I make a goal. Pray for me that I make a goal. I'm like, all right, I'll pray for you. Well, gets back to me. I didn't make a goal. God's not listening to my prayer. I go, okay, that's not how it works, but keep praying, you know. That, that, that's not how it works. And so three <laughs> weeks in a row, you know, God doesn't hear me. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm give, I'm going to give up on God because I haven't made a goal in three games, right? Game four, this kid makes a goal and I get a message, you know, oh, God made it, you know, God, I, I made a goal. God hears my prayer. And I go, no, sweetie, that's not, that's not how it works. You know, you, you can pray over it, but, but God has the outcome, but like hard work is still a very big part of it. You still have to put in the work. You still have to put in the hours. You can't sit on your couch and pray. And then blame God because you don't score a goal. That's, that's just not how it works. So at the end of the day, you know, you got to put yeah. God first. Um, but as far as prayer goes, it's just like, it's just this surrender and this trust. God, I put in the work. I've done everything I can physically. I, I, I surrendered at the foot of your throne. Uh, you know, the outcome is already decided. God, God's got the outcome already decided. We have to remember that he knows everything. He's planned every day of your life, every event. Uh, it's not his fault if you don't win. It's not his fault if you don't throw a no hitter. It's not his fault if you make an error. It's not his fault. And it's the same thing. It's not always, it's not a, it's not just like God's not a, a gift. It's not always a gift that you win. We can't, we can't hinge the results of a game on God. And, and we allow that to dictate our emotions or our feelings or our relationship. It's like weight loss. If I'm up two pounds, well, oh, praise God. If I'm down two pounds, God's not happy with me. 
that's not how that's not how it works. It's not the fact that you just binged <laughs> on Chick-fil-A on Saturday and you didn't get enough sleep that your weight's up, or it's not the fact that you didn't you skipped practice or that you weren't putting in the same kind of hard work or that you you half-hearted an effort through you know, it's it's not that. God does it, that's not how he works. And we have to remember that. So you incorporate him into your sport just like you would in every aspect of your life. He's the king of kings, the lord of lords. The result's what it's gonna be, but he's still God at the end of the day. It's just a sport, it's just a game. It's a very small portion of your life. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's, I'm, I'm really grateful and I'm glad that you shared that with me. Uh, and I hope that I helped the other kids as well. Because I think that that, that happens quite often. And uh, I actually did that when I was young. When I was young, I, I was like, what the heck? Like, I, I've been pitching. I've been putting in the work. Yeah. And you're just not with me. Um, and so now, you know, I have a better understanding and it's a different uh, perspective. But I, I hope that that they hear it from you uh, at a younger age so they don't have to wait. Until well, we'll, think, we'll think about this, Drexel, too. I'm going to add one so, more thing. Yeah. Too. Imagine, right, a kid on the other team is praying to God for the same thing. So who is he supposed to answer? God, I want to win this game. And then the kid on the other team, God, I want to win this game. He's got to let somebody down. Like somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. So, so do you see what I'm saying? Like, so, so one kid's just like, oh, God's so good. And the other kid, well, God didn't hear my prayer. And God's sitting up there like, yo, that's not how this works. This, you, you got outplayed. You got outworked. Like somebody worked harder than you. It's not that I'm giving them more favor necessarily. It's not, it's, it's, I just don't, that's not how I see it. And I think that we have to understand that too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And the last question is from uh, ooh. oh the last question is from Michelle. Michelle was asking, "Hey, what what do I need to do in order to maintain a strong relationship with God?" So we talked about how to get into. We talked about our journey of becoming a Christian, and we talked about having a uh, how to get into a strong relationship with him. Now, the last question Boom. is, that know, goes right back to what I said that? before, consistency and discipline. So you can't allow your feelings or your emotions to dictate your actions. And it's a part of your routine. Every morning that I get up at 5 a.m., I don't always feel like it. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I stayed up too late. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'm, I'm drained from pouring out into other people. Same with working out. Sometimes I'm sore. Sometimes I'm achy. Sometimes I don't want to. But the part of discipline and uh, consistency is that you do what you're supposed to do, not what you feel like doing. Because we're battling between our spirit and our flesh. And our flesh is weak. Our flesh wants to sleep in. Our flesh wants to, to, to scroll social media instead of read our Bible. Our flesh wants to listen to secular music instead of pray or listen to worship music. Our flesh, it, it, it's based on feeling and emotion. The spirit, if you want to strengthen your spirit and your relationship with God, it comes through being consistent and being disciplined in the things that you do and being like honest to your routine. You know, imagine, imagine a professional athlete who, who didn't like execute their routine. They wouldn't be a professional athlete. They get up, they're disciplined and they're consistent and they excel. And it's the same thing with your relationship with God. I love it. And, it, and remember, it's not what you're supposed yeah. to do. It's what you need to do. 
exactly. to achieve and do what you want to do. Um, and I, and I love this. I love this. And I really do hope that this podcast had impact you guys. I hope, I hope that this really does turn you to not only towards God, but also those of you who already turned towards God to have a stronger relationship with him. Because at the end of the day, you have to have faith as the foundation of your life. And I got to learn quite a few things today, and I'm really thankful for you, Andrew. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for coming on here to, to share your story, to share your knowledge, and also to express the Word of God today with You're us. Absolutely and welcome, I, it's I my just pleasure. All glory to God. That. And uh, you know, I pray that somebody is touched or impacted by this and leads them closer to the cross, leads them closer to Jesus. Hey, guys, remember, I'm not better than you. I'm learning with you. And today I have learned with you. But remember, you have to not only learn, you have to apply. So hopefully today's podcast helped you learn and that you go and apply it today. Get after it. And I hope that you have a great one, you guys.